And welcome, Henchman, back to another action-packed episode of the Deadly Podcast, Kung Fu, brought to you by the Villains of Man, where myself, JVD, traverses the continuity of Marvel's most prolific martial artist in Iron Fist and Shang-Chi. If you want to keep up with the podcast and the episodes and all the images from each issue I cover, check it over on Twitter at Deadly Kung Fu Pod. If you want to follow me, JVD, do so over at Villains the Man, where I talk about everything from comics to wrestling to sports and whatever fits my fancy. Now, today, we're covering one issue. It's the very first issue of Iron Fist from 1975, as he has finally wrapped up his 11-issue run in Marvel Premiere, which was 15 through 25, and this story carries on from issue 25 into the first issue in the first half of this entire series, which I'll eventually cover off. Now, before I can go on any further, as everybody can tell by the cover of this book, one of Marvel's most mainstay, most popular characters is on the cover of this book, Battling Iron Fist, which is Iron Man. And I cannot cover an episode on this podcast with Iron Man without one of my closest friends, my co-host over on Crossover Collision, one of the players and current DM over on the last tavern on the left, my best friend and huge Iron Man fan, Evan the Great. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, buddy, it's good to, to be on. A, uh, the first time I've been on this podcast, which I've been a follower, a listener of this podcast for quite some time, knowing JVD's huge Iron Man fan our whole life. Um, it was fun to kind of dive into a book that Iron Man was in from back in the day. How far along tell, uh, you know, the henchmen and the listeners, you know, about your love and Iron Man and, you know, when you really started picking up on the character and buying his books and reading. Yeah, I've been, uh, reading tons of Iron Man stuff since I've been a uh, senior in high school. Uh, the first book I ever started reading, I think I've said it on other podcasts before was during like the Avengers disassembled run. This was probably... Early, the, early 2000s. Back yeah. in the Cards and Comics Plus days with Shannon. Yeah, so good stuff there. JVD, you know, I've always watched like X-Men and Spider-Man and stuff like that, but actually started reading comics and I just grew an interest for Iron Man. And as I said in the other, you know, I, I can't remember which podcast, but there's other ones where I've talked about. Like growing up, I loved like the Ninja Turtles and the Power Rangers, and I've always went for the scientific kind of character, and I felt like Iron Man fit that that mold and uh i really like all the different suits and gadgets and uh he's an interesting character and he's an interesting character when he's not iron man when he's tony stark and that really i like that aspect too that he's just a human with the suit that he's solving all of his you know problems with technology so uh yeah really love that stuff and then i you know started reading through all the different things through the years i loved him and all the like the civil war stuff and all the way through there uh, I like a lot of his armors. I actually started uh, when we used to go to conventions all the time. I have a few different books, but I started getting a lot of the first armors, like the first time he had the Hulkbuster armor and the first time he had the Thorbuster and the Silver Centurion armor. I like doing that because that's really cool. And I can't remember if it was for Christmas or my birthday one time. JVD got me an Iron Man encyclopedia book that has all the armors in it. And it's a very well book that I've looked through and I love it. I forgot so, yeah. all about that. And I love Kung Fu, and he's fighting a martial artist. <laughs> now, um, obviously, uh, you know Iron Fist because you love Iron Man like I love Iron Fist. But what's your history with uh, Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi, uh, well, I know a little bit about him through basically through knowing you and then reading some of the issues and finding out that Shang-Chi is kind of 
he's a lot of people misinterpret shang chi they think that he is a like a version of iron fist and i think they're very different i think they have outlooks on different lives uh, especially where danny rand comes from it's completely different when shang chi comes from and when shang chi was written back in the day which if you go and follow this podcast it goes over iron fist and shang chi and different characters that jvd talks about all the time you kind of find out that uh shang chi's really a master of the ways i almost feel like he's a better martial artist than iron fist but i could get hate heat for that but i don't no, know they're usually he, considered equals so. yeah and i feel like iron fist especially in the older books it shows a lot of his energy projecting using the kai energy and all that kind of stuff and uh shang chi is more of your classical villains um you know that's just the way i think they separate but yeah i like shang chi quite a bit um I don't really like the movie adaptation of it, but that's for a different time. I thought it was cool, but I didn't really like all of it. Boo. It's like top five <laughs> MCU for me. But anyways, let's go ahead and move on to today's issue, which is Iron Fist number one, titled A Duel of Iron featuring the Golden Avenger versus the Living Weapon as a tagline. Sounds pretty epic. So as the book starts off, uh, we see Iron Fist in the Stark International side above the building looking down on security guards in an ambulance as he begins to infiltrate inside. And then we go into a flashback, which is basically the last half of Marvel premiere 25, where he, we see him taking on the henchmen involved more and most importantly, which is uh, Angard the screamer. And this gives you a little bit more detail into exactly what's going on at the end of that issue before Iron Fist and Lieutenant Scarf get the Stark International ID card off of uh, Angear. And then he hits them with, obviously, his scream, which makes them kind of hallucinate and trip like they're on LSD, and he disappears. Iron Fist takes car, and he heads off to Stark International. Now, um, did you read Marvel Premiere 25? I suggested you read it before this. I have not got a chance to read that, but I have read over this one a couple times to get a real good feeling of this book. Okay, so um, obviously this takes place, starts in the second panel into, into the third and fourth panel. Do you feel as someone who didn't read that issue that this was enough to inform you of what happened that led into the story? Or do you feel that it needed a little bit more in-depth detail and background? Uh, I kind of felt like it gave a pretty good uh idea of what's going on because back in back in you know when there was two comics in the 70s in the 60s i guess um uh, a lot of times they would put little headers down like where stuff come from so you got a little bit of an idea that they've had they've encountered each other before they know of each other and going over everything you kind of gather you know of what is going on what screamer did how iron fist dealt with it i felt like it gave you enough information but uh it could have gave more if you would have read that, which I, I didn't, but I feel like it would have, it gave me enough, but I would have had a lot if I would have read that. Now, being an Iron Man fan, as the book continues on, we see uh, Iron Fist sneaking into Stark International. Do you think this was too easy for him? Like, there should have been more defenses in place? <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because when I read that, I thought it was way too easy for Iron Fist to get in there. Uh, now, granted, he is the master of stealth, master of, you know, using his balance and acrobatics and all that stuff. But it's so funny uh, how he gets he just kind of gets in there. And I'm like, and then some of the alarms that go off in some of the panels where Tony's in bed, I think that is absolutely hilarious. And it shows you how much, I guess, the character has grown for Iron Man and Iron Fist that um, 
it just says intruder alert and all the red lights are going off. I thought that was really funny. And the defenses you think Iron Man would have, even in this time period, you feel like he would have all kinds of doors that maybe trap you in if you're an intruder and you're not supposed to be there. But none of that really happens. <laughs> no, you think he would have some of the like Fantastic Four uh, defensive setup, yes. you know, inside. But as uh, he's as he's infiltrating, he runs into somebody who catches him off guard, who hits him with my favorite like onomatopoeia, which is black, like you know from the uh, go- space ghost coast to coast to coast. I love that show. I love black, and it's like black. <laughs> And I, and I thought that was just wonderful. Um, and then we find out that this is Misty Knight. And do you think that she snuck in too easy as well? The fact that she's in there too, I'm just like, to be one of, and, and even at this time period, one of Marvel's smartest scientists and definitely leader in technology using Stark Tech. And <laughs> it's just mind boggling. Like, all of a sudden she's in there and he's like, hey, what are you doing here, Misty Knight? And I thought their their back and forth was really good. And also the whole time, I'm just like, like she's going up to different computers, authorized personnel only, and some of the panels and everything. And I was like, how is she getting through all this stuff? Even at that time period, Iron Man is a genius when it comes to that. But apparently he don't think nobody's brave enough to get in there because they sure did. So um, they both both of them are obviously looking for Colleen Wing and um, and they last time we seen her they were on a bad note because he kind of took her out as uh, Misty Knight come looking for Professor Wing and Colleen back at his home during the Ninja Saga back in Marvel premiere and as they're talking yeah. we hear this uh, fatam fatam I've never heard a shotgun go off like that but obviously Misty Knight <laughs> realizes that someone has shot a shotgun. And they uh, come into where this supercomputer, I'm not going to go into the real technical name they have for the Delphi systems as I'm reading it right here, this computer they're looking for, to find that the man has been shot. Do you realize what's wrong with this panel? Did you pick up on it? I'm really looking it over uh, that you say that. It does look kind of crazy. So... Misty Knight says, this as soon as you say it, it's probably going to be bam. Yep, this whole building surrounded, man. We're lucky we heard those shots. Oh, no, oh, no. His name's Dahl uh, Cawley. He was the man I was supposed to meet, and he was shot. Do you realize her being this detective she is? Because we know her and Colleen have a detective service. If he was yeah. shot, where's the blood? Where's the gunshot? You know, I don't even see a gunshot wound. I don't see a blood. and. I don't know. It, it don't show her rolling him over, but also like he's laying stomach down. And then all of a sudden he's lo- rolled over and she's like got his head. And I'm yeah. like, uh, and I don't see it. Like you're right. I don't see any blood, no gunshot wounds, uh, nothing. No, I know <laughs> you're not going to see a lot of blood in comics at this time, <laughs> but you know, they do a real good job of making it black from time to time, you know, so it kind yeah. of looks like ink, but there's even for, you know, the reader, as you look at these panels, there's nothing that says that, there's a gunshot wound. Nothing at all. No shells, yeah. no nothing. Just a turned over table and him laying on his stomach. So, but anyways, um, they talk about this computer and how uh, you, you need this access card, which apparently is what Danny has taken from Angar, the screamer. And as they load it up, much like you said, there's an intruder alert back at Tony's penthouse who uh, he realizes that someone has broke in and he realizes from that it's Iron Fist due to the reports on the news for his death of Harold Meacham. 
And uh, he's going to suit up in the Iron Man suit to go investigate on what him and Misty Knight are doing. So uh, this Iron Man suit there in a suitcase, kind of odd, isn't it? It looks hilarious. Uh, it looks almost like a Halloween costume of Iron Man. This it looks more clothy, even though it's not. <laughs> it, it, it does a lot. It's pretty terrible. I mean, because he has it folded up in a suitcase. Like he's going on vacation. And it appears to be like right by his bed set, like sitting on top of there. So I'm like, well, with these intruders, it is popping to Stark, Stark a tower back then. Just go get the suit and just walk off with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, and, and, and we, we, we got to realize that it's actually got to be an older model, probably like two. I'm going to, I'm going to guess three by the uh, face mask and whatnot, but he's going to suit up and he's going to take off to Stark uh, international to see what's going on. And uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and we're gonna take a break and play a promo sponsor, play a podcasting friend's uh, promo for their podcast that hopefully you're subscribed to with Evan the Great. It's probably going to be Crossover Collision or Last Tavern on the left. And uh, when we get back, we're going to dive back into the rest of this book and head towards the epic conclusion with Iron Man, Misty Knight, and Iron Fist. Greetings, henchmen and loyal subjects. I am Evan the Great. And I'm JVD. We're your hosts of the fictional battle podcast, Crossover Collision, brought to you by the Villains Demand. If you love hearing in-depth breakdowns of your favorite characters and what they are capable of doing while fighting in random battlegrounds against other fan favorites, then this is the podcast for you. New episodes drop every Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or over on thevillainsdemand.com. And welcome back to the Deadly Podcast. Kung Fu brought to you by the Villains Man with myself, JVD, and the Professor, Evan the Great. Uh, we just took an interlude because why? This book has an interlude. And in an airport, which we're going to assume is there in New York, Colleen Wing, who has been kidnapped by the Master Khan, who we've learned about here at the end of Marvel Premiere, uh, is going to be basically boarded on this plane and taken to him. And basically, she is uh, kicking ass and escaping until she runs into a mysterious man. Now, what do you know about Colleen Wing outside the Iron Fist series, Mr. Great? Uh, Colleen Wing, she's very much... Uh Part of well, in later runs, uh, definitely part of the Heroes for Hire. She run she run around with Iron Fist and Luke Cage and doing investigative stuff. Uh, very much a uh, very uh, aggressive character, if you may, if I may say. You're right because she is very well versed in the martial arts, and uh, we have learned that throughout the series that she can take care of herself. But she runs yes. into a mysterious man who um, easily takes her out. Um, without going too far ahead, as um, he's calling uh, the Meacham building, we see this uh, looks like a cobra on his chest as the plane takes off because he helps them board her because he doesn't care and they seem to let him go very easily. Do you know who this man is? I don't know by looking at that image in that panel. Okay. Didn't but I know? Obviously. With the symbol, sorry, obviously with the symbol, he's definitely of some opposite or opposing faction of what Iron Fist would be, because he's of the dragon. You are completely correct, and I'll save that mystery for when it unfolds in this podcast. Or if you know you're listening and you want to uh, continue to read on. Now, what I don't get about this, and I mentioned it, is he's just at this airport. Just happens to be there, right place, right time, very odd. 
And then uh, as these girls escape him, um, as calling me, I should call her a girl, uh, he takes her out and they just casually let him go when they're committing kidnapping. Do you think um, <laughs> if you belong to a uh, an evil ball, like an evil supervillain, and you were his minions, that you would just let a man leave on his own free will after he sees what you were doing? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all. So, back at Stark International, uh, while we're go- while Iron Fist is investigating and whatnot, he is encountered by Iron Man in a suit. And a fight takes place before between them. What do you think about this fight, Mr. Grape? Uh, this fight is really, really cool because Iron Man, as I stated, you know, he's very, when he's in his armor, he feels like it's his weapon. He needs he can control it and he's good with it. But the most thing I got out of this is all the way they drew combat scenes and these panels and the, and the words they use and the splash of colors and panels. It really makes you feel like you're, like it's a big iron boxer type character versus a martial artist. And it's really, really cool. And one thing that's kind of weird, uh, which really ain't, is when Iron Fist is able to strike Iron Man. And I don't know, maybe his hands are protected, but I feel like that would really hurt his bones. <laughs> but it really don't. Well, yeah, I think he can turn his fist into that of iron when he hits Yeah. Him. So. That's um, true. I think one of the really good things they do about limiting somebody that's such so much more powerful than Danny with Iron Man is uh, exactly where they're at. There just happens to be cryogenic fuel. Basically, that could cause yeah. massive, massive explosions. And obviously, Tony knows that. So Iron Fist is smart enough to keep him limited to that area. So, you know, mm. he has a, you know, a weapon if he needs to against Iron Man, knowing that Iron Man won't destroy. Uh, and I thought that was pretty smart. Now, this is something I I have never really seen Iron Man do, and I've only been reading Iron Man as long as you because I was reading the books you were picking up. Um, So he's basically got an image inducer here, and he sees all these images. Have you ever seen this anything before? Because obviously I know you've read more Iron Man than I have. But have you ever seen this before in any of the older books? I've never seen it in in any of the older books, and all the in like the way you see him using this in the current, but through the current years, I guess you could say, is a lot of these are his other suits that he's built up. I've never seen him using imagery like that, which is very much of the time in the seventies when this book was uh, drawn. Well, and, and what's cool is that, that is a very effective uh, offense and defense for Iron Man that's not fighting somebody with tech, because you know you wouldn't have to. Um, be able to you know see through but the thing is recently in the firebird saga we've seen that danny's been able to shrug off illusions but they've been magical not um like basically technology uh, produced so that's not what i thought was really cool about this and uh it's a good tactic to use because he's fighting him of course iron man is the more powerful of the two but danny is the more technical and he knows your nervous system and where to hit stuff and if there's a bunch of clones, that really gives Iron Man time to like, okay, now he's going to be swinging possibly the wrong thing. So in the middle of this fight, we see that the shotgun, which we did not see in the uh, earlier panels. I'm going to scroll back real fast here. I don't see any shotgun laying on the ground, but apparently it looks like it's in a lab coat. And I did not remember seeing it. Uh, it's coming up on Misty Knight, who's using this com- supercomputer. Meanwhile, the fight goes on. 
and uh, it flashes back and forth, and we see the you know shotgun clicking yeah. as they're sneaking up behind Misty, who awards you know warns her. And all of a sudden, the fight is broken up as there is an explosion inside the building, which Iron Man realizes is the computer center. This yeah. gives Iron Fist the chance to get the jump on Tony because he's upset now that he thinks uh, Misty has died. And he summons the Iron Fist and blasts Iron Man into a bunch of like debris. Do you think Iron Man could actually take a shot from the Iron Fist, or do you think Iron Fist is just lucky and caught him off guard, and that's what hurt him? Uh, well, I actually was going to talk about that. Like, whatever the explosion happens and Iron Man turns around, I guess you're never supposed to turn your back to your opponent because that's when Iron Fist takes advantage. <laughs> that's a that's a very martial arts thing. And uh, yeah, I think he most. I think more than likely he caught him off guard, and then. He is pretty powerful, so I think um, he caught him off guard first, but that's what allowed him to to do all those maneuvers. But it's weird because as soon as he hits him with all that stuff and he knocks him through that wooden plants of fire, he like flies up out of it almost immediately. And just starts and, wailing on him with yeah. the repulsor rays. He's like, all right, I've had enough of kung fu fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then uh, they're saved because Misty Knight shows up and she's got Charlie in hand who actually had never died. Makes sense why there was no blood. And yep. uh, apparently he has been working for Master Khan this entire time as a, as an agent who has been infiltrating Stark International. Uh, would you have never... Would, does that make a lot more sense to you? Or do you think that the artist here on this book, and I didn't even cover the uh, creative group now that I think about it. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and add that. Do you think that was done purposely without the blood? Um, or do you think they should have added something to fool the reader more? I think they should have added something to fool the reader more. Definitely. And it's kind of funny that... <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny thinking about how there was no shotgun in that previous panel. I'm no, not thinking no, about it. No, not not at all. So, but, and plus, I've got out of this. Sorry, <laughs> I just laughing on the inside. How easy it is to break into Stark Tech, and apparently, it's really easy to integrate yourself into as an employee as well. <laughs> hey, yeah, you are completely <laughs> right. You figured Tony would really be on people's IDs and like background checks and whatnot. But uh, apparently, Misty finds out from this guy she's interrogated him that uh, he works for Mr. Big and Hao Wong, who we all know is actually uh, Master Khan. Yeah. So um, we know that uh, Tony and them and Iron Fist, they, they come to terms. And um, Tony even says he's like, you know, he's pretty much sorry. He's like, I'd like to help. Uh, he's like, I would like to help. Tony Stark would want me to help. But I can't. I have more urgent commitments. And Iron Fist tells him he understands. And it says, see Shellhead's own mag. Um, and then we see the plane flying away that we're going to presume has um, carrying Colleen Wing. So, uh, Mr. Gray, as this book has wrapped up with the Valley of the Damned tease of the next uh, issue of two. Uh, what do you think about this issue? This is a pretty cool issue leading into an Iron Fist story, um, hurting the hunt down, trying to find out, trying to find a uh, column wing. Uh, I like all the stuff about it. It had some stuff in it. We talked about that was kind of funny that they maybe forgot to put in or they did things wrong, but 
one of my favorite things about this book is actually some of the background artwork, uh, as far as the artists go, uh, like in the last image there with the plane and then the night sky with, uh, I guess, the moon, which looks really cool. And there's another scene with that same backdrop in it. Yeah. With, yeah, there's two scenes with that same backdrop in it, and I just like the way that looks. Um, it's very telling of the time of when this was. And as far as the story goes, I liked all the story and some of the artwork was separate from the story. Kind of like we talked about how the artist probably should have drew a little bit more in on the, the scene where the guy was apparently dead. Um, and I love all of the like ways that they got into Stark tower and now all the ways that iron man through the years has changed that. <laughs> I just never knew it was that bad. Um, yeah. Very well, cool. Know- uh, go ahead. Uh, we know John Bryan, who's a legend, wrote this book. Yeah. Uh, well, and today people have a pretty bad opinion of John Bryan due to some of his, you know, opinions and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I mean, the artwork on this book is really, really great. So um, I do have a question here for you at the end. As uh, Iron Man states, you know, he would like to help. Tony Stark would want to help, but um, they have urgent commitments. So. The question I'm going to pose to you here, and I'm going to give you some options, is I did a little research for that because I'm like, Iron Man should help anybody. He's an Avenger, right? Especially when you realize that someone is kidnapped. He should step up, correct? So Mm -hmm. what was Tony Stark doing that was so important he couldn't help Danny Rand? So obviously this issue was released on August 12th, 1975, and Iron Man was in two other issues released the same day track these down and uh so he was in captain america 191 where he spoke to the media during the falcons trial for his past crimes uh, if he wasn't so busy and stuck around he could have really helped took out stilt man and saved steve sam some trouble in that issue as they fought stilt man during the trial in the second issue he's in marvel two in one number 12 uh, and Stark is testing a rocket that he found firing into a uh, basically the chute tunnel that goes underground. And the pilot called Patty Cake One, otherwise known as The Thing, uh, he crashes into an unknown cavern where they meet Prester John, who was trapped there with the Stone of Power. Um, and I tracked down where this place, this book took place at and whatnot. So. What do you? Which one of you these do you think was so urgent for Tony Stark that he could not help Iron Fist out? Was it speaking at uh, the Falcon's trial, or was it test piling a rocket with the thing? <laughs> I hope that is going to the trial because him being you know an Avenger, Captain America's Avenger, the Falcon's Captain America's buddy, Iron Man being this high money you know billionaire type character. I hope it was to go to the trial to help, but apparently he left the trial and they had to fight Stiltman without him. <laughs> if that's he, the case. If he would have just stuck around. So with that, we're going to wrap this issue up. Uh, like I said, you can follow Deadly Podcast of Kung Fu over on Twitter at Deadly Kung Fu Pod. You can follow me, JVD, over at Villains Man on Twitter. You can follow everything for the Villains Man at TVD Podcast. And Mr. Gray, let them know where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, guys, you can find me over Twitter at Evan the Great TVD. Uh, uh, I go through spurts of being super active to slowing down. Uh, here, re- here in the future, I hope to get more, more active as life uh, changes. Everybody changes. Uh, 
but anyway, yeah. So follow me there. And if you guys uh, want to read this issue, it's not very difficult to to get it. So just give yourself a uh, have some fun, read through it. It's really cool. And uh, keep listening to JVD's as he goes through all of Iron Fist's uh, motions in life. I guess you could say. And I'm sure you'll be back later on. Yeah. But uh, if you like my music, go check out Rushing Tiger by Kuro over on SoundCloud. I'm pretty sure he'd appreciate it. But in the end, guys, remember, support your favorite podcast. Support your local comic book shops and keep reading comics, guys.